So, Josh, I'm excited about this because you're my affectionately now known as my Enneagram twin. Mm-hmm. Where my three wing four is at? Three wing four. Three wing four. Come on, somebody. We got a dark wing. Dark wing duck. No, it just means we know we're brilliant. We just wonder if the rest of the world knows we're yes. brilliant. Yes, and we're constantly doing everything we can to prove to them that we're brilliant. 100%. I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. For those of you who are new to this space, uh, welcome to your weekly installment of leadership. For those of you who lead from the second chair or lead, but you're not in charge here at the Leading Second Podcast, we like to say we're raising up uncommon leaders and we're on a mission to be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. So if that resonates with you, welcome to this space. We're glad you're here today. And I happen to be joined from the beginning today by my good friend, Pastor Joshua Bingle. Hey, hey. From Genesis Church in Spokane. Josh has his um, his podcast voice on today. I do. I'm trying <laughs> to speak in my low register. It's, it's also very weird that we're in the same room. I can look into your this eyeballs. This is great. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I've never done this before. It's always been Skype interviews. So. Yeah. We just get to, we're, we're here in your studio, yeah. in your church. In fact, we were here last night and uh, we did a leading second rally. It was amazing. Uh, here at Genesis Church. It was awesome. We had churches from across the city and and uh, did a couple hours of ministry. And Yeah, we had churches in from Idaho and Tri-Cities, I think. Praise the Lord. Yeah, it was, it was fun. So anyways, I'm glad you're popping on. In fact, Josh, you are affectionately now like our most frequent podcast guest of the pod. We've had some great guests yeah. on here. Yeah. Oh gosh. I just yeah. want you to know though, like this is your third, I think it is. So I feel honored. Y- you're just a regular now. Praise the Lord. Come I'm on, here somebody. for it. Okay. Well, Hey, today, um, I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about, uh, today when we get to our interview in a few minutes, we're going to talk about being an unoffendable leader. Mm. So we're nearing the last few episodes of season one here, and I just wanted to talk about some real stuff and get honest, and I can't think of something that's more relevant than that. So sure. you ready? We're gonna yeah, yeah, let's do it. talk about that in just a minute. Before we get there, we every week like to take a question from a listener of the Leading Second podcast who's also connected to us on social media or a part of the Leading Second forum on Facebook. And today I want to do something a bit different. We had a question come in on Instagram this past week on a DM. And I think you'll see when I read the question, I think you'll see why we're not going to have this person ask their question, uh, on an audio file or a phone call. Um, but we had this question come in Josh, help me wrestle through this one for a couple minutes. This is coming from one of our listeners. He said this, what advice would you give to a second chair leader who lost the trust of their leader due to sin or a moral failure. Well, what would you do? Someone who lost the trust of their leader. Tough. Heavy. I mean, tough heavy. question. Yeah. And first of all, I appreciate the question a lot. I I spent a few minutes and prayed mm-hmm. for this person, and I know um, chances are there are people listening that have found themselves in that situation or found a friend in that situation. And I think first of all, before I let Josh 
respond. Um, I would just want to say we we totally understand, mm-hmm. and um, you know that I'm really sorry that you're, even though it was a personal mistake. Yeah, you know that you're in this situation. It's no fun, and um, so many of us have found you know ourselves in moments, big and small, where we've been challenged by our leaders in these areas, yeah. and so. Um, you know, we just recognize that biblical leadership is held to a higher standard. Yep. And that that's, that's a, a real requirement of leading God's people. And why the Bible says that we shouldn't all desire to be leaders because we bring upon ourselves a stricter judgment. Right, yep. So if your pastor is having to walk through a tough scenario with you, and it seems like he is he or she is having to be, quote unquote, air quotes, a little hard on you. Yeah that kind of a thing, just realize they have to, that they have a responsibility, you know, to lead the ship well. So we understand. And uh, Josh, you had a great thought on this um, when it came to walking through a moral failure and rebuilding trust. Yeah, I would say going into this, um, just knowing that you're going to have to stack small acts is mm. is a really big thought that that I think a lot of times what, what people try to do in this scenario is they try and find the one home run opportunity that's really going to buy that trust back. And it may have taken one moment or one act to break what you had, but it, it's wrong to think that one big moment, again, will rebuild what you lost. Right. And, and so to stack small acts consistently and faithfully, because here's what I know about a healthy leader, healthy lead pastor, they want restoration for you. They're looking right. for ways to continue to include you in the body of Christ, but they have a flock to protect and, and they, they, they want biblical restoration. And so I would say to just stack small acts, faithfully, consistently yep. do what you can to, to continue um, rebuilding that thing, not looking for one major opportunity. He's finally going to let me preach and, and I'm going to get back in good graces or something like this. Um, just know that it might take longer than That's you right. think. That's right. And not because your leader doesn't believe in you, um, but because they want to make sure you're healthy and they want to make sure you're the best version of yourself. And so stack small acts mm. repeatedly, um, I would say, is is the way to rebuild that trust. So well said. And I would add into that a thought that my pastor, Kevin Gerald, has continually taught us in our journey of leadership, and that's simply this thought, be easy to talk to about hard things. Right, yes. Be easy to talk to about hard things. In other words, we have a responsibility. We messed up if we're on that end. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, I messed up. I am the one that have made this mistake, but now I need to keep myself in the right posture where I keep his or her voice coming into my life. Right. And, and and easy to talk to about these things yeah. so that I experience the full um, spectrum, not just of correction, but restoration as well. Yeah. But I need their voice constantly over yes. a season into my life. And I would say a gift that you could give to your lead pastor in this season is to proactively seek that feedback, not not to wait for them to to come and have a conversation with you. A gift you could give them is, hey, am I still in my lane? Like, am I right? Is my heart, do you see anything in me? Am I acting out of offense? Am I acting out of hurt? Am I acting out of pain? Um, because there are a lot of lead pastors who, who are not wanting to go have that conversation. And that's right. whether that's right or wrong, you can give your leader a gift and a small act that you can stack 
is by proactively asking, hey, am I in my lane? Am I, am I doing this well? Yep. So well said. And I appreciate the question coming in. I'm yeah. praying for anyone today who finds themselves in this scenario as well. Please reach out to us if we can be a help to you in any way. And if you have a question you'd ever like to hear us discuss or answer here on the podcast, be sure to join the Leading Second Forum on Facebook. Send us a DM. Find the form on there. We would love to feature your question on an upcoming episode of the podcast. And we love talking through real life scenarios. All right. Well, Josh, we're sitting here today. We're in your church. Uh, you're one of my uh, smartest friends. <laughs> I'll uh, take it. Yeah. You got it. some smart friends. Uh, wow. I do. My three and, just lit up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, but I love talking through ministry life with you. And um, you, you've been a great voice and a leading second, a great support. Today, I just figured we'd go after a, a really big topic of yeah. being an unoffendable leader being an unoffendable leader. And I want to give a shout out to my pastor who is re-releasing his book uh, this fall uh, called The Proving Ground, The Nine Tests That Prove Your Personal Potential. He's re-releasing it as The Proving Ground 2.0. And I just have to say, I told him this recently, that I think he wrote, wrote this book for the first time, maybe in the 90s mm-hmm. yeah, or something like mm-hmm. that. And... um. It has forever been my favorite book he wrote. Yep. And he's written a lot of great books. Mm-hmm. But I believe millennial leaders, young leaders need to devour uh, the the tests that are in here. Required so today, reading. Yep. A- absolutely. So today we're going to talk about one of those tests, which is the offense test mm. and being an unoffendable leader. I wanted to say a couple of things, I guess, to get us started on the conversation. Then I'm going to let my smarter friend uh, carry most of this today. I just wanted to say, first of all, that Ministry is risky in this area. Ministry puts us in direct proximity with people and with leaders. And it puts our dreams for our, what we want to do to serve God in the hands of our leader. And it puts us in, in proximity of people, sometimes broken people. And so we are all going to have a chance and an opportunity to be offended on a regular basis. Yeah. And I just wanted to say that, first of all, that to sign up for ministry. Jesus often experienced seasons of being able to be offended. You talk about a leader who experienced rejection. Yeah. You talk about a leader that was scorned, you know, mm-hmm. a leader that like like Jesus was regularly in these situations and so ministry has a bit of a risk to it. And the second thought I think I would share on being an undefendable leader to get us started here today is that the greatest threat to the enemy is a healthy church. Wow. Healthy leaders. Yeah. Single greatest threat to wow. his kingdom. And so therefore, I have just reminded myself over and over again in this season of my life that the enemy is going to try to offend us. Yeah. And he's going to see to it that we are that we have things thrown at us that will offend us. Because if he can keep us unhealthy or at least numb. Mm-hmm you know, at least back on our heels a bit, we become less of a threat to his. Yeah, yeah. And so remember today as we talk about this, that person that you've already thought of, <laughs> yes. that you're offended with or that situation you've already thought next of, to you. yeah. right, that you're offended with, just remember that person or that thing is not the enemy. Wow. The so enemy good. is the enemy. Yes. 
and our battle is not against flesh and blood. So, right. so let's just remember, I guess, what the real, the real uh, thing is going on here, that yeah. this is a war and you are at your best and you're the greatest threat to the enemy when you are healthy. So we have to fight for this. Right. And so Josh, get us started on this thought today. There is a difference between being offended and living offended. I'm quoting my pastor out of his yeah. book now. There's a difference between being offended and living offended. What does that mean to you? Oh, goodness gracious. It's a huge thought. And I think this is not just present in the church. It's a product of even if you go broader to the the national dialogue in our uh, just culture at large. I feel like we we have become entitled to offense and mm. we, we're constantly, I don't think we are looking for ways to agree with each other anymore. Right. We're, we are, we, we see offense as a status symbol. It's like who can be more offended because then you're more woke. Like the most offended person in the room is so the wokest good. person in the room. Yes. And it's, it's, I, I, I tread that line carefully because I, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying don't be aware of, of things that need to be fixed. Right. But also, I think we do a disservice to our, to our own hearts and our souls. I wonder what it's doing to our soul when we are walking around feeling entitled to an offense. Well, and I think that's, that's part of the point of this, this first thought, you know, being offended versus living offended. I think it is natural and human to feel offense. Sure. I mean, it would not be human to say that it doesn't happen no, to all right, of us. Right. Yep. There are going to be moments you feel the hurt yes. and the sting of offense, but that's only stage one of the offense. Wow. Stage two is actually drinking it in. Yes, great. You know, allowing the verbiage. lies of that that offense or that shame or that fear to actually get implanted into your soul somewhere. Yeah. So are we going to feel offense? Absolutely. Sure. Um but drinking in it is different. And I guess I want to give permission to everybody listening as we walk through this today to be aware, like, let's be honest. I know you're probably by yourself right now, you know, even driving in a car somewhere. There are going to be moments, let's be real, where you feel offended with your pastor or with your leader. Yeah. There are going to be moments where you feel offended from another team member. There are going to be moments where you feel offended by the person that declined on planning center again. Like, yes. like, like those, yes. those are, are real moments. I don't want to look past those moments. Like let's, let's be honest. The greatest leaders are not the people that don't feel offense. The greatest wow. leaders are the ones that process it. Well, goodness gracious, that well. just allow themselves to be an unoffendable yeah. leader. Great. Which I think leads me to my second thought for today. And that's, and I heard a mentor of mine uh, talk about this a while back. Uh, offense is like a dirty pipe. Yeah. Offense is like a dirty pipe. In in other words, think of your heart like a pipe. Mm. Offense means the pipe is dirty. Therefore, anything that comes through the pipe will be dirty by the time it gets to you. So the voice of others get filtered through the offense and you don't hear them accurately. Mm. The voice of your pastor gets filtered through the offense and you don't hear him or her accurately. Yeah. Even I would even say the voice of God 
can't get to you accurately because yeah. you can't even hear God without yep. hearing God through the lens of offense. Yep. The water's just dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the number one thing taking leaders out right now is a dirty pipe, like wow. like something in there. The Bible says out of the heart flow the issues of life. Yep. yep. So I don't know if that brings up any thoughts for you, but but yeah. how have you seen leaders get out of place when the pipe is dirty? You know, when when offense is yeah. dirtying things up. That's such a great way to say it because, like you mentioned, I just want to double down on it that that when that pipe is dirty, everything you are you are taking in, everything you're interpreting has that taint, and then everything you're communicating also is is tainted totally. like that. So there have been so many times we're eight years into this experiment called Genesis church now, right. That, um, there have been so many times where we have had people like leaders even who like, if you just would have come and talked to me, like as a lead pastor, here's what I'm sitting processing it after the back end, people got offended and they started interpreting everything I was saying through that offense. And I'm like, if you would have just come and spoken with me, we could have been on the same page together. Like you could have seen what the heart was behind that you could have known, like there was information that you weren't aware of or, but, but I think that communication is very sorely lacking in a lot of, in a lot of places that, that if, if it's like a dirty pipe, then maybe we could say that that communication is like the pipe cleaner because you can't avoid the impurities. We're fallen and broken and sinful. Those impurities are going to be in there to some extent and that communication, the discernment of the Holy Spirit, let's call it the pipe cleaner that, that keeps that stuff flowing. Well, Ian Bounds and Power Through Prayer said that, that the preacher, and I think we could extend it to say the leader, is the golden pipes through which the oil of the Holy Spirit mm. flows to the church. Mm. So he, he encourages us to make sure to maintain the pipes, um, that we so are good. not taint. There's, there's not... Um, tainted communication and, and tainted messaging to the rest of the church because they can sniff it, they can smell it, they can see it. Yep. Um, and the enemy is going to sow destruction from the inside. And I want to get real here for a second. Like, I want to totally break this sucker down. Let's do it. I have seen people get out of place saying they heard from God when in reality I knew they were just offended. Hmm. And they hid behind God said. My pastor mm. calls this God said gone wrong. Yeah. So, meaning I have seen people, I'm just going to say, it, I've seen people step out and move churches. Mm. I've seen people step out and plant churches. Mm -hmm. I've seen people leave churches, you know, change departments, whatever. Yeah. And if they, if they were honest, honest about it, it's offense. It wasn't the voice yeah. of God. Yeah. Because now, maybe I'll give someone the benefit of the doubt. Maybe someone was genuinely feeling the desire to make a transition or move, but you can do the right thing in the wrong time because of offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to totally doubt that someone's ability to hear from God, but I do believe we can at minimum get the timing wrong. Yeah. You know, and at minimum get the approach wrong. Sure. And and then you tragically, you watch how the blessing of God doesn't follow. Mm. And, and I'm not saying mm. this judging anyone right now. I, ho mm -hmm. I hope everyone hears a, a purity of heart about this. I'm trying to maybe save someone's life right now who's listening. It's so true. Who, that's who, not hyperbolic, Brandon. No, like, that's I mean, real. This, I, this is like my heart aches yes. for, for stories that I know personally uh, that we've walked through this. And mm -hmm. um, 
I would just say it's worth doing the hard work. Yeah. Of getting some pipe cleaner. Yeah. You know, and, and cleaning the pipe. It's not easy to not drink the poison, but yeah. it, but it it saves your life in the end. And and I know we're leading second, so we're talking from we're speaking from the perspective of the second chair. And if I might be able to add some perspective from from what you have termed the first chair. And maybe for those of you listening right now who maybe you're not a lead pastor, but you are leading people. That's why you're listening to this. That offense is, is a sickness of the soul. Um, being a, there's a sickness going on there. And I would lean into Ezekiel 34 where God, this is something I've had to learn as, as a leader because I can't just say, oh, the, 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 the people are offended and like that's, that's on them. There's a measure of me, the people that I am directly responsible. I'm not saying every person in my church, but the people I'm directly responsible for leading. God tells Ezekiel um, to prophesy against what he calls the false shepherds of Israel in Ezekiel 34. And he says six things about them. And, and it's the second one that often catches me. First, he says, the weak you haven't strengthened, talking about sheep, the weak you haven't strengthened, uh, the, the sick uh, you haven't made whole, the injured, you haven't uh, uh, bound up. But that sickness there, I have learned that there are moments where if I am interpreting somebody is off their game a little bit, they're, they're showing up late, that's not normally them. They're snarky in a meeting. They're, they feel kind of detached. I, as a shepherd, it's my responsibility, and for you, I would say, according to Ezekiel 34, the people that you are directly responsible for shepherding, hear me, I'm not saying the whole entire church, but the people you're directly responsible for shepherding, if you notice that something is off, God tells us that a good shepherd Mm. will notice it and ask the question, hey, I'm noticing, here's how I've come to ask this question, I'm noticing some of this, this behavior, it's not normally like you, you're not normally like this, like, is there something going on? And you can actually save them, I think, save some people from getting out of alignment if you will be proactive in that conversation Mm. and allow them into that because maybe they don't know how to start the conversation. Mm. Maybe they don't want to feel dishonoring. Maybe they don't want to feel like they're weak. Maybe they don't want to feel like they're not on board with the team so they don't know how to start it. So you can give them the gift of saying, I've noticed this, uh, this is not normally like you. It depersonalizes it. They don't feel attacked. You're, you are normally so good. And I've just noticed a little thing like, like, are we good? And you give them permission to then bring it. It's a safe space and you can save them a lot of heartache and sickness by, by proactively starting that conversation for what that's worth. Well, this would lead us again to maybe a next thought since we're talking to leaders today. Yeah. Is that offense is usually going to come down to a communication issue. Yes. A communication issue. Yes. So, and the, I'm again quoting my pastor here a bit in the Proving Ground. He talks about offense and living offended coming from one of three areas. First of all, unspoken expectations. Mm. Number two, unmet expectations. Yeah. And number three, unrealistic expectations. Wow that those are three of the largest breeding grounds for living offended. But I got thinking about those three and I started thinking all three of those are communication issues. Yes. Think about when an enemy wants to overtake a capital, you know, stage a coup 
mm-hmm. and take over a nation, of course, they'll attack the capital, attack the heart. Sure. The first thing that they're going to do is take out the communication structure of the capital wow. in order to confuse, disorient, separate, divide. Wow. And then they can, you know, come it's in. Divide and, and conquer. Yeah. Absolutely. So I often think this is the work of the enemy is he wants to attack the heart of the organization. So he's going to go after staff against their pastor Mm -hmm. or against each other. And he's going to confuse communication. Wow. And so a lot of the, the opportunities for offense, unmet expectations. Yes. For example, or unvoiced thoughts, things. Mm -hmm. There were, um, there were times along the way I sat on my dream to travel and represent my pastor on mm-hmm. the road like I do now. Mm-hmm. I sat on it for 10 years Wow! between when God spoke and when I acted. And I only acted, by the way, because the situation forced it to happen. I didn't make it happen. I didn't push that door mm-hmm. down. It came to me. Wow. But 10 years, and you better believe there were comments along the way that I heard in situations where... I I had to really overlook it. Like, am I ever going to get to do this? Wow. And I hadn't voiced it. I hadn't talked about it. And that was a breeding ground. I could have got offended. I, I fought through it mm-hmm. because I didn't live offended during that time. I just kind of hit it in my heart. Yeah. But I could see now, had I not fought for it, you start getting offended. You start saying things like, don't, don't they see the gift on my life? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't they see what I could be doing? And, mm-hmm. and you, the, you grow from feeling offended to, living offended. So I think this is all just a communication issue that we actually have to fight to have great communication with our peers, with our pastors, with people who support us. Yeah. I think something you said is important too there that spurred a thought in me that offense is the easy way out. Like like to be offended is the easy way because, Mm. because you can carry that. And then the lie that you tell yourself is that you're the strong one because you're dealing with it. The hard, that's the Mm. easy way out. The hard work is going to someone that you love. Totally. Totally. And 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 starting the conversation and saying, I feel like this, there's something a little wonky and something is weird. And here's what I'm feeling. And I love uh the that that language of here's the story that I'm telling myself. Am I is this accurate? Mm. And and but being offended yeah. Brene, that was Brene, Brene Brown, Brown and yeah. her shame. Yes. Right. And but being offended is the is the easy way out, but it's something that our culture celebrates. Yep. And so it's the easy celebrated way. Wow. And and here's the thing, if you're listening to this. It's so enticing. Mm. Like the enemy doesn't entice us with things that are blatantly, obviously sin. It's so enticing and people in your world will celebrate you. The, the wrong, let me, hear, let me say this. The wrong people in your world will celebrate you and say that you're so strong. And, but it is a lie from the enemy. It's, offense is the easy way out. The mm. hard work wow. of being in deep relationship is being willing to have that hard conversation, to lay your pride down. Because Pete Scazzaro in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality argues that that if you are someone who's offended, it's ultimately an issue of pride. Mm. That you think too highly of yourself. That someone who is truly understanding the blood of Jesus and the high price of that in their life is is not offendable. Mm. Because because offense is it comes down to pride. I think more of myself than I should be. So when they said that, don't they know how you know? But I think being offended. And living offended, to use Pastor Kevin's language, is the easy way out, but it's enticing and it's celebrated and you will win kudos wow. in today's culture, but but it will destroy your soul from the inside out. Wow. Man, so well said. Okay, so 
Uh, let's start landing the plane here. Um, how do we overcome offense? I mean, we're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to feel good. Mm-hmm. So how do we overcome it? And I, I, I guess I'll start by offering a thought from the Proving Ground. Pastor Kevin mentions in there, living a lifestyle of forgiveness. Mm, great. Living, in other words, this summer at Team Church Conference, and you can find this message on the Champion Center YouTube account. Yep. Um, Darius Daniels did one of the most brilliant messages the I've message ever is heard. Called, Can you see it if yes. you're looking for it? And um, he did it on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. And he, at the end of the message, he asked us this question talking about offense and wrongs that have been committed against you, that kind of thing. He said, do you accept the blood of Jesus as total and complete payment for that wrong that was you know, committed against you? And that single thought helped me process through a potential offense. Yeah. Even just the summer of, yes, I can, therefore, I can accept the blood of Jesus as payment for that person. They may not pay me back, but Jesus already paid me back. Therefore, I can live a life of forgiveness. And I don't want to be the man in the parable who's forgiven a lot and then yeah. doesn't forgive a little. Matthew 18, yeah. yeah. You know, so so I don't I don't want to be that yeah. guy. And um so it really if you think about it, it comes down to living a life of forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And to to the question of how do we overcome it, how do we get through it? Because some of you I know you're sitting in this space of offense and maybe the Holy Spirit has pointed it out to you as you've been listening to this. And I know you don't want to live in that space because you don't like it. It's yucky. Um but that 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 space of overcoming is just what we've talked about is being in communication, like great and constant communication. And and what we're saying is living unoffendable doesn't mean that your head is in the sand and you're not acknowledging wrongs against you. Right. It, being unoffendable, you have the ability and the emotional intelligence to recognize that you have been wronged. But when you're offended, you're giving that wrong too much airspace in your, you're giving it too much real estate in your mind. Mm. You're giving it too much real estate in your heart. Scripture tells us whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is noble, think about those things. So if it's when, when I'm giving that wrong that was perpetrated against me, hear me, I'm not saying you pretend that life is rainbows and, and butterflies. It's the ability to see that was not right, but I'm not going to give that, that much real estate in my heart. Right. So to fight against that, I have to be in proactive communication. Because here's another thing, is I think a question that people have is, is who do I talk to about my offense? Mm-hmm. That, that's, a real, like, that's a real question because yep. we need to process these things. It's, it's you need to have a safe space to process this. So here's what I would say to that, to that question. And this might be something we can, we can wrestle through, but to, to put... To, to answer that, I would say, first of all, you take it to the Lord. You have to take it there. Absolutely. You need the discernment of the Holy Spirit to know, is this something deeply flawed in me that is causing, that's causing this offense? That, that why is this taking up so much real estate in my heart? I don't want to think about this, but I am. Ask for discernment. I would say, um, after that, you take it and you process it with your leader. That, that to take it laterally in an organization, unintentionally you start sowing seeds of division that you don't want to reap the harvest of. Mm. Um, in fact, Proverbs tells us that, that when the leader listens to gossip, the entire team gets infected with evil. Yep. 
And and if you're not processing this properly, it, you may not be intend to go gossip, but it just became that. And to give the, the gossip listeners, to give you a little caution, because we often, we will, we will listen to people on our team laterally talk about an offense. And that's why I think it's important that Proverbs says that when you even listen to gossip, the whole team gets infected with evil. And we tell ourselves that we're not gossiping because we didn't repeat what they said. We didn't go tell other people. But, but what you did is you completed the transaction. Mm. That gossip requires a listener. So you, you completed that transaction. And yeah, maybe mm. you didn't go repeat it. But now every time that leader walks in the room, your body language shifts. Yep. And, and nonverbal cues get picked up by your team. And now what Proverbs says, mm. the whole team is infected with evil. And so something that happens to teams is they don't, you need to process offense. So yep. hear what I'm saying, but, but it's, it's how do I process this? I'm going to take it to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I need your discernment. You're my comforter. You're my counselor. You say about yourself that you lead me into all wisdom and I need to know what to do here. And then you have the courage and the boldness that if it's an issue, it needs to be dealt with to go to your leader and to say, hey, here's what I'm feeling. I need to have a conversation with you. Can we talk about this? And I would add on one more thought. Um, if especially in a moment where your leader is unavailable. Great. You, my pastor's not always there sure. for me to have that conversation with. I would say the number one requirement of someone I'm going to wrestle through an offense with is they themselves have to be unoffendable. That's great. Because I don't want them to pick up my secondhand offense. Yes. And so for me, thankfully, I have a spouse who really gets this. Mm. And, and she fights as hard as I do. And, and we are not, our, the, the culture of our marriage is not an unhealthy offended kind of culture. Yeah. We, we, we challenge each other to walk through this stuff. Yeah. So I think the number one requirement of the person you would talk to was they themselves have to That's be That's so good. Great. And that, that silence is the feedback loop of, mm. of secondhand and repeat offense. So. Yes. Hey, if you wow. are walking through a tough situation and reach out, if we can help in any way, consider us a resource, if nothing else, for prayer. And uh, if you're a second chair leader, just know we love you. We believe in you. Hey, ministry is the best life. Yeah. There is no life better than ministry. I know on this podcast, we've been talking about some serious things because they need to be talked about. But is there a life greater than ministry? Mm. I mean, I, I don't think so. I, the, the greatest life is making a way for others to know Jesus. And so it comes with challenges. It comes with pits. But, but we are talking about these things in order for you to run strong, run healthy, yeah. run in your lane, and just see more and more the grace of God on your life and on in your Jesus ministry. And, yeah. and yeah, may that be our story. So Josh, thanks for being my smart friend. Thanks for... Being in our world, we love you guys. Love you. Love what God is doing at Genesis Church. So special. And uh, for all of you listening, let me just say we're thankful for you. We're thankful to have a voice into your world. Uh, if this podcast has resonated with you, we would love to hear from you uh, by way of subscribing or leaving a comment or a rating. Um, also consider sharing this with people you work with uh, in or out of church. I've been hearing that happening more lately. Um and just consider this a weekly installment of leadership for all of us who lead but are not in charge. Uh, so until next time, know we love you. We believe in you. Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. Oh.